0: Tom, thank you so much for joining me on the GSI Briefing.
1: Thank you. Thanks for asking me.
0: So let's jump into the issues and talk first about legislative matters and the lame duck session that just wrapped up. First, of course, I want to congratulate you, along with your colleagues, for sustaining the sunsetting of the corporate business tax surcharge. I know it's been a primary goal of the chambers, frankly, as well as here at GSI as well, for a number of years. And Governor Murphy has been really great about holding firm in his commitment that surcharge sunsetting and doing so ensuring we no longer have the highest corporate tax in the U.S. But of course, Tom, there are forces in Trenton as well as outside uh, who just aren't really letting it go. So how confident are you, Tom, that we've really won this fight?
1: Uh, This will appear again. I'm fairly confident that uh, the uh, surcharge will back on the table as many people in Trenton have told me, we are looking at two very challenging budget cycles coming up. Um, The state has a a lot of committed uh, expense and revenues are not as robust as thought and we don't have the federal money coming in to support the um, lack of uh, internally generated revenue so revenues are challenged, expenses are up. Something's got to happen to uh, make that a balanced budget, and that's why I am almost certain we will hear again a um, a some momentum for the surcharge.
0: Under that surcharge, we had the highest uh, corporate tax rate in the Correct. U.S. And,
1: <clears throat> and you've been
0: you've been great, you know, and your leadership, the chamber has been clear in articulating a vision for the state. And in fact, post-election at the end of last year, your message to the chamber members, you outlined a six-point legislative agenda that you want to pursue in Trenton. You have the goal of making New Jersey a better place for your members to run their businesses, as well as your employees to live and raise their families. So can you talk about those six points and how you intend to make progress in moving those
1: forward? So our six-point agenda was done uh, with some practical ideas that are doable that will help help get us on the path to becoming more affordable and business friendly. And the six points are the following. Uh, the state has still has a very large surplus and the business community right now um, is being saddled with about a billion dollars plus of expense to replenish the unemployment trust fund. Uh, we would like some of that, if not all that money, uh, all that uh, deficit to be funded by the surplus because it would take a huge amount of expense off the backs of the business community, it goes right to the heart of the affordability issue. And by the way, most states around the country, I think between 35, 36 states have used the surplus money they got from right. the federal government to replenish their unemployment trust fund. Right. So that, that's one item. And the second one is there's still a lot of uh, pain in the business community, pain in the form of working capital. Without working capital, companies can't survive. And working capital comes from a couple of sources, uh, usually from uh, profits generated by the company, uh, capital put in by the owners, or possibly uh, uh, bank loans. All of those uh, potential sources are being challenged. Uh, There are no federal programs. There are no state programs. Uh, like there were doing COVID, like the PPP plan, uh, which really helped the business community survive. There are none of those in place right now. So we've asked the state, basically the uh, EDA, to uh, grant a very significant grant fund, put put a very significant grant fund in place to help uh, any business anywhere in the state of New Jersey access um, money to survive. And uh, that's that's point number two in our, uh, not, not not necessarily in the order of preference, but point number two of the six. Point number three goes right to the heart of business friendliness, which is the GEAR commission. The uh, Christie administration, as you well know, had the red tape commission, which worked very well in eliminating duplicative uh, policies uh, that really hindered the business community. That went away with the Murphy administration. Early on in the Murphy administration, the assembly and the Senate voted unanimously to uh, put together the GEAR Commission to really bring back the old red uh, red tape commission, but the governor vetoed it. I have brought this up to the governor. He seems receptive to uh, looking at this again. So we are calling for the legislature to reintroduce the GEAR Commission for the governor's consideration, which would help uh, the uh, businesses in New Jersey get past a lot of things that are in their place uh, that are uh, policy-driven, that really hinders hinders the growth of business. The fourth thing um, is include more minority businesses in state contracting, include more minority business in the supply chain of large corporations in New Jersey to get these minority businesses uh, more business and to engage all the people that have tremendous talent in all these minority businesses, a chance to uh, move forward and grow. Ah, uh, there's there's enormous potential there. It helps the state in many different ways, and we are encouraging the state government to um, open up their contracting to do this. There is a um, I believe it's a mandate to have thirty percent of state contracts uh, with minority businesses. right now, the number, the amount of minority business and state contracts is three yeah. percent. So there's I think enormous the
0: veterans are, the veterans are in kind of the same position as well, right?
1: Veteran, well, I include them in the diversity uh, as, a, as a small diversity uh, organization and business. So a lot of room to grow and a lot of room to really meet, meet the mandate that's out there. So that's that's the fourth thing, uh, the fifth, the fifth thing, which is probably the one thing that I would put at the top of the list for my uh, uh, root wishes is for the state to put together an economic council the state of new jersey has a council or a task force on every issue that seems to pop up in the state i don't know how people have time to meet if they do meet but we have more task forces and councils than i can i could even begin to uh, to list but we never had an economic council where the governor's office the legislative leadership and the business community sit on a regular basis just to talk about what's going on in the state what the issues are, what the hurdles are, what we need to, to address to make it better uh, for the business community and grow the revenue that we need. We've never had that. And I think it's just so logical in a state like New Jersey that has so much economic potential. Why don't we have a council like that that meets and talks? And I'm not talking about having meetings where we you know, scream and yell at each other and, and have uh, disagreements about everything. Just talking about putting things on the table that would help everybody and try to find a consensus way to get to those issues and, and make them better.
0: If you don't mind, if you, you and I have talked about that, and I agree with you 100%. And I think the characteristic that's so important is that it meets regularly. It's not ad hoc, Correct. it's not, you know, when available, yes. it's got a regular meeting. I yep. think it's a great idea, Tom. I hope it is able to get started this year.
1: And I when I talk about regularly, I'm talking about three or four times a year, you know, with, with Zoom. You know, it's easy to do. I would hope that the meetings would be in person, but Zoom obviously makes it a lot easier to do it. It would, it would mean a lot to everybody if that were to happen. So uh, let's hope that that gets some traction. And lastly, which I guess is involved with that meeting uh, is the whole issue of civil discourse. I, I am tired of reading all the time about the critical conversations and criticism and the um, uh, the language used to criticize and vilify different parts of our state by different by different groups for instance uh, the cbt issue the cbt surcharge where the business community the large corporations who were being taxed were called tax cheats they were called greedy uh, you know they the endless negative names by different groups which are all totally untrue and that's just part of what the civil, the, the, uh, the, uh, the lack of civil discourse has brought to the table in New Jersey. And, you know, the the issue that uh, I brought up in a conversation with the governor when I had a fireside chat with him in uh, June, oh. uh, he, he agrees with having more civil discourse. So I brought that on the table and said, Governor, I agree with you 100 percent. But to have civil discourse, you have to start with discourse. And that's when I brought up the Economic Council. That's that's discourse. So if we could have that in place and have those meetings be constructive, the civil discourse would kick in and I think have a twofold, twofold impact uh, to benefit the business friendly nature of New Jersey. So those are my six points. And I would tell you that none of them have a cost because the money for the, uh, the grant fund, the money for the unemployment trust fund uh, that money is already there. I mean and, and not being used for any productive purpose. so there's a, a real benefit to use putting that money to a productive use. The other things cost nothing. So all things all six of these would be things that could be done with a stroke of a pen with the legislature and then put on the governor's desk. So to me they all make sense they, they can be done and they would lead to a much better uh, a much more affordable New Jersey, and really help with the business-friendly nature of our state and our business-friendly reputation. You
0: know, the governor just addressed the opening session of our new legislature, which included 37 new members, which I think is the most we've had in a very, very long time. It's a record. It is a record. Okay, good. So in every state of the state address is brimming with forward-looking ideas and expectations for the year ahead. For the business community, Tom, what did you hear in Governor Murphy's remarks that you see advancing that agenda that you just laid out?
1: There wasn't a lot of talk about business issues. It was more um, social issues um, and some of the progressive discussions that the governor has promoted over the past few years. The the positive for me in his state of the state address was his um, ongoing optimism for the state of New Jersey. I mean, if you you can't have the state move forward in a positive way if the leader isn't optimistic. You can agree or disagree with what he says, but the fact that he is optimistic is a plus. And he and I have had disagreements on policy issues. I have never had a problem with what he's trying to do because what he's trying to do, what you're trying to do, what I'm trying to do are all one and the same. And that is make this state a great place, the great place it should be and we just have different ways of getting there. So um, to me, the fact that he was positive and he promoted some uh, new initiatives like the AI initiative, which I guess is is uh, related to the business community because AI is gonna be something that everybody is gonna deal with. It's gonna be a great opportunity for people. It's gonna be a great threat for people. And we have to find a way to walk that tight, tight rope and put it to good use in New Jersey and make sure that we benefit from it and not get hurt by it. So that is one thing that um, he is taking the lead on with Princeton University. And they want to establish not only a a nationwide AI Institute, uh, a leadership position, but a worldwide leadership in AI. And if you get Princeton University involved, which they are, you have a good chance of getting that kind of head start. So to get their involvement and to get their buy-in and be part of this, is a huge plus and opens up enormous potential. The governor kept mentioning working together, working together, working together. And working together, I think we can can make things happen. But the one thing that um, I said in my response to his State of the State was we have to find a way to have organic, uh, stable, um, reliable income in the state, because the surplus we have that's carrying the state right now economically is gonna go away. And we need to find a funding source to balance our budget that is not punitive. What I mean by non-punitive is you can't go back to the same people and continue to tax them more because that's gonna make our hole even deeper and prevent us from achieving our potential. So the way to do that uh, is to uh, promote the business community find ways to, again, attack the affordability issue for business, attack the business friendly nature, our our reputation as far as being business friendly and and support more legislative ideas that help move the uh, business community forward. If we can keep the companies here that are here, encourage them to grow in the state of New Jersey and therefore, and then with that, help attract more companies to the state of New Jersey, the ensuing revenue from their profits, them hiring people, those individuals paying taxes, those people buying products in the state of New Jersey, it helps the state in so many ways. So I don't know, Regina, of any other way to have a reliable, sustainable, organic source of revenue than to con- than to build the business community, and that would be the foundation of our economy and the foundation of the new revenue we could generate to uh, support the, the growing budgets that we keep seeing.
0: Well, it, to the point where you, you really, it's a perfect segue to just getting a little bit more into the, uh, the budget discussion for the state if we can, uh, Tom. And with the lack of you know new federal revenue sources, and the use of the current surplus to fund the operation, you're referring really to what's commonly called the fiscal cliff or Jerry Scharfenberger called the, right, the fiscal time bomb. You know, one truth does remain that you have to live within your means. And that's really what you're starting to talk about, I think. And as you just referenced, right, spending over the last six years has increased 54% but personal income of our residents has gone up only 24%. You know, glad it's gone up 24% and that's a terrific, you know, um, you know, a statement to be able to make. But it's not sustainable in terms of, you know, the legislature having a, a appetite to spend and the governor appetite to spend and the taxpayers capacity to pay. So is there anything, you know, any ideas that you've got? I mean, I agree with you. It's got to be organic growth and attracting businesses And what do you see as the, you know, I think the challenge, and you reference at the very top of the show, you reference this challenge over the next two years, especially in the budget cycles. How do you see that really playing out?
1: Well, let me take a step back. Um, The revenue cliff is a real real dilemma, because that's coming. Um, When we had the election in November, uh, and the Democrats uh, really pulled an upset, I mean, they they thought they were gonna lose seats, they gained seats. There was a polling done of people leaving the, uh, the voters leaving the voting booths. The first and second issues that the voting public said uh, that uh, came out of the voting booths were, they were driven by the affordability of the state and the economy of the state, not the social issues that keep popping up about school curriculum and women's rights, which are all important. But the two drivers that they, they had overwhelming uh, that overwhelmingly uh prompted whatever vote they made was affordability in the economy and then um lo and behold what were the first two things that came up uh, through our legislature right after that those statements were made one let's continue with the Cbt surcharge and number two they decided to enhance and lower the requirement for paid family leave from Uh, Companies with 30 employees down to five, both of which negatively impacted affordability and both of which would have definite definite negative impacts on the economy. I I, I don't understand why um, uh, the legislature doesn't read the tea leaves and see what the voting public said, because they are giving us the support for the argument we're making. So, everything is gearing, uh, is pointing to uh, attacking affordability and the economy, and nothing, but nothing legislatively is pointing that way. So, I, you know, we're going to be using that information and that, those foundational pieces as arguments going forward in our testimony, and I'm sure we'll have an opportunity to testify on a lot of things that are going to pop up in the new the new legislative session, especially, the reintroduction of the CBT surcharge, sooner or later, I would hope that the legislature would get the hint and start to move off the agenda they're on and move more toward achieving the economic potential we have by supporting the business community. If they don't, you know, God help us, because I don't know where we're going to get the funding to uh, support the growing budgets.
0: So one other very, I know high pressure uh, on terms of spending and a slightly different subject, but very related to the economy is um, New Jersey transit. So I'd appreciate, and I know our audience would, Tom, kind of hearing your thoughts on the state of New Jersey transit, because uh, I know it's so essential to both commerce and employment. And I don't know if you read, I, you know, I recently authored a book. Um, an op-ed responding to a great article in NorthJersey.com. And I basically said that it's clearly an agency run amok. And I say that because, I mean, they're staring down the barrel of nearly a $1 billion shortfall in 26. That's less than two years away for such a large organization, but they continue to spend as if they're steeped in reserves. So excuse the pun, Tom, but really, are we watching a train wreck or how do you see this?
1: Yeah. <laughs> um- First of all, the infrastructure of our state, which includes New Jersey transit is the foundation of our economy. It is by far, uh, the biggest, one of the biggest assets we have between New Jersey transit, the highway system, the ports. Um, you know, everything it, we have the best infrastructure in the, in the country, <laughs> but it's got to be healthy and it's got to work well, uh, to maximize the potential. Uh, and maximize the support it gives to the business community. New Jersey Transit, and, and just so you're aware, I've, I've led the last four um, infrastructure uh, initiatives in New Jersey to Washington, and I chaired the, the last TTF uh, renewal uh, about six years ago. Um, and it is so vital to our state uh, that it, it needs to get addressed. The governor has said, he's gonna fix, fix New Jersey Transit unless it kills him. I, I think he's, um, I think based on recent conversation, that conversation's recent uh, things he said, he is, he is definitely not pleased with where uh, he has gotten New Jersey Transit. He's uh, been critical of himself, which is, which is uh, I, I give him credit for. Uh, New Jersey Transit, um, uh, I, I don't know the answer to their problems. Uh, I don't know if they have looked at um, how they can become more efficient, which means cut costs. I don't know if that's a possibility, but obviously when you have bleeding like they've, they're they having, everything should be looked at, including um, every dollar they spend. You know, there was an old uh, economic axiom called zero-based budgeting, which is, you know, you decide, uh, you start from zero and say, what do we actually need to spend and why? You know, maybe that's a, a a process they need to go through. So, any any problem that is caused or, or is inherent in any business should be something that's solved by the business, without trying to uh, first first go to some outside source. Exhaust all internal uh, possibilities first.
0: A classic, you know, I think, example of managing the expense side, which you know I think needs more focus, is thinking about how their customer profile has changed, how business needs have changed. Right? It's not really a Monday to Friday, three-hour peak hour peak, you know, uh, period anymore, and modifying and be more flexible about when people really need to use transit versus when it's much lower um, demand and therefore you know a lower provision of service would be perfectly acceptable. And I think just thinking about where business is headed as opposed to where they've been is a great first step.
1: Yep, I agree. I think uh, it's a a vital part of our state. um, And I don't know with all the good people that work there and the great minds in the state of New Jersey, why a um, path to solving the deficit problem is not in place. I, I, It baffles me that not only is it the, a, a path to solving the deficit problem not in place, the path is a growing deficit. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's a lot of good minds in New Jersey. Uh, maybe my comment about having a sit down with an economic council type approach would be a good way to do it to get, uh, I know they have hearings about this, but you know, Hearings are hearings and you've been to hearings and I've been to hearings and a hearing is yes, they hear you, but uh, how effective are the the, uh, the uh, proposals made by the people that are talking at those hearings? I, I've never seen a lot of real action taken by uh, any organization based on what people say at the hearings. It's, it's nice to have them, but is it really effective? I have my doubts.
0: Yeah, well, we've covered a lot of subjects, Tom, and um, these aren't all going to get solved, to your point earlier in our conversation. You know, in one year, this is a, um, you know, a commitment I know many of us have to improving the state over time, but, you know, very deliberately, to your point, let's stop, you know, just talking and bring a lot of action to it. So, So Tom Bracken, CEO of New Jersey's Chamber of Commerce, thank you so much for joining the GSI briefing, and we look forward to hearing your progress and having you back later this year.
1: Regina, thanks for asking me.
0: The GSI Briefing is produced by the Garden State Initiative. For more information about GSI, visit us at GardenStateInitiative.org. And be sure to follow us on social media. Don't forget to subscribe to the GSI Briefing on the podcast platform of your choice. And please leave us a good rating. This is Regina Ajia, and thank you for listening.